and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game. You're listening to me, Harry, and this is episode 26. Oh yes it is. Uh, very exciting. Uh, the last time you heard from me, I was playing my very first game since lockdown. It was all it was all very tumultuous and exciting, uh, uh, playing against Tim with the Fellowship of the Ring and the Ring Wraiths, and it's been just great. Uh, I've actually delved into a few more games since. Apologies for not recording them and uh, and putting them a, a podcast together, but I've been trying out a couple of uh, Easterling ideas, so very excited about that. I've finally got my Easterlings on the tabletop, so, uh, you know, mask-filled uh, games and and all that sort of stuff has, has been happening, thankfully. Um, it's been nice to get back to the tabletops, but of course, uh, still missing out on tournaments. But uh, there's hope on the horizon, because... In a month's time, I'll be going to the first tournament uh, uh, since since lockdown, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, the, this, uh, this is the Kings of Men, which is going to be super duper, a little mini tournament, um, uh, significantly less people than before. But hey, you know, these are very exciting uh, things to be talking about at the, at the moment. But the reason I'm doing this podcast, it's not going to be a normal one, and you'll you'll have seen from the title already, um, that this is this is all about Ardacon 2020. This weekend would have been a major, major day on the calendar for uh, for many people. Uh, this, uh, you know, hundreds, 200 and something, I think it's 240 or so people. So yeah, yeah, it would have been it would have been huge. It would have been people have been jumping on planes from Australia, New Zealand, Canada, America, uh, from across Europe as well. Uh, people like me will have been you know pretty much just preparing as a normal week is, and then waiting until the end of the week, and then heading up to Manchester for Ardacon uh, this year. Of course, the biggest uh, SBG tournament in the world, and uh, it's, it's obviously with great sadness that that this isn't able to happen. It would have been fantastic c- catching up with some of the some of the people from around the world who I, I've made friends with over the years. You know, the Green Dragon team, and and fingers crossed, uh, some of the other people who I've, I've messaged and spoken to in the last uh, year or so of being part of the hobby. But uh, sadly, not this time. Uh, but of course, with that, with that cancellation, lots of questions have have arisen, and um, you know, it's it's been a very complicated and very difficult time for lots of different people from lots of different countries in various different states. I know parts of Melbourne are, are locked down again, or have had restrictions increased in the last few weeks because of coronavirus. And uh, you know, so shout out to uh, any of you Australians who have been caught up in that, and. I know that even here in the UK, things are spiking and not spiking, and Manchester's been put on lockdown again, so or certainly restrictions again, so you, you can't visit each other in houses and stuff like that, or and and so many different things like that. And I know uh, that the the picture across the world is is rapidly changing in different ways and so on. So it, it's it's a very confusing time for everyone. And amid all that, you know, uh, maybe uh, a Warhammer tournament is p- perhaps not the top of our agenda, but I guess uh, with the effect it's had on people's jobs, people's livelihoods, redundancies, you know, thousands of people losing out on jobs, uh, thousands of people losing loved ones around the uh, the country and around the world. Uh, it's it, obviously a, a Warhammer tournament isn't the top of the agenda, but it's it's a big deal for people, you know, uh, booking hotels, booking flights, booking a tournament that cost 80 quid. Uh, it's a big deal. So with that comes uh, inevitable complications uh, and refunds and delayed tickets and so on and I, I, I'll i be first to admit and I'm sure James Clark who uh, is the uh, organiser of Ardacon will be uh, equally among the first to admit that um, you know 
it's been a confusing time and communication perhaps hasn't been quite up to scratch in terms of uh, giving uh, giving an idea of uh, of what is actually going on with Articon. Is it going to return next year? Uh, what form will it take? Is it going to be bigger, more expensive? Am I going to get refunds? And all these sorts of things. And uh, James, because of uh, reasons that uh, uh, you know I won't delve into because it's uh, not not my place, basically. Um, he's he's explained. He will explain in a few minutes' time. Um, some of the uh, some of the reasons why it's been more complicated. Why he says it's been more complicated uh, to do things this year. So. Uh, to do all the things that like refunds and compl- do all that sort of stuff, uh, uh, communicate to people. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to make excuses for anyone, but um, he has his reasons, and you know, I'm, I'll take them at face value. So, uh, with that in mind, I thought, you know what, um, it would be really good to a talk about Articon because it's it's a big thing on the calendar. It unites hundreds of people um, from around the world, and there may be more people who are interested, and in, uh, a little bit of uh, perhaps a little bit of Arda controversy uh, in the same way as last year. Uh, we had a bit of an Arda controversy episode, so I thought, why not resurrect Arda controversy again? Um, but this time, this time, I want to just just basically, I wanted to sit down and talk to James James Clark, uh, who uh, is the organizer of Articon and who might be able to put things straight. And I, I wanted to put some questions to him because I've uh, had people ask me questions. Um, I've had people get in touch about uh, to the podcast about, um, you know, what's going on here. Uh, do you know anything about this? And I don't know anything about it. I'm not involved in the organisation of the event. Yes, I know James. I've met him a few times and I've talked to him uh, over the internet uh, quite a lot. And, you know, we're, we're, I, I consider him a, you know, a, a, a good friend in the hobby. You know, it's one of those guys I've spoken to a number of times. I was a big fan of the GBHL uh, podcast uh, YouTube channel back in the day. It's one of the reasons I got back into the hobby. So, you know, there's always going to be a place in my heart for for someone uh, like James for doing those sort of things so I thought you know what I know him I've met him I've got a you know I've built up a relationship with him over a few um, few times interviewing him and talking to him at tournaments so I wanted to get him and talk to him and ask him some questions that people might not have got the answers to and to give hopefully put them out there so that people can listen uh, to what James has to say from the horse's mouth and perhaps rather than uh, a Facebook live video with people throwing questions at him and him responding that I can put some questions to him that I think a lot of people want to know the answer to so with that in mind um, James Clark the organiser of uh, Ardacon is is going to have a chat with me and uh, well he's he, I'm saying this uh, retrospectively he's already had a chat with me and you'll be hearing it in a second and I, I basically I started talking to him and asking him about you know how how it feels I guess having uh, had to cancel something as big uh, an event as this and how important an event it is to many people in this community so I'll hand it over to James Clark how did that feel? Uh, obviously there's a there's a massive void this this weekend I'm completely gutted uh, it would have been lovely to see everybody you know over over the past few years for me in particular it's been harder to you know, I guess experience my my hobby time, my hobby friends. I've been unable to be as involved in SPG as I would like. You know, from a from a hobby or a gaming perspective, from being, I guess, such a a regular for attending Great British Hobbit League events and travelling to other places in the world, and obviously all the things on YouTube, uh, and then Ardacon. You know, particularly over the last two three years, has pretty much been, you know, that that single occasion obviously desolation of stockport as well but that occasion to see all of my friends in the hobby you know that's ultimately why most of us do it so to not be able to see my friends not just from the uk um, but from around the world who obviously been a big part of my life since 2013 you know that's that's really difficult and it's it's difficult of course because of all of the work that goes into the the early stages of organizing 
but it is what it is. There, there, are, there have been lots of more challenging things going on. Um, it's just one of the one of the one of the things that I've had to deal with, obviously, over the last few months. Yeah, you mentioned the the sort of meeting hobby friends and it being one of the the fixtures almost of the calendar. I'd imagine a lot of people, uh, and I know of definitely of people who only go to a couple of tournaments a year these days, and Articon was one of them. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, not everybody can afford to do what you know some of us have been able to do. You know, I, I remember that kind of really it was the second year, the first really kind of good consistent year of the Great British Hobbit League, sort of going around and trying to get to every single event, meeting people. You know, meet, meeting lots of people that. I only knew through, you know, their names on the One Ring Forum and uh, obviously the GBHL podcast, you know, from comment on YouTube. And that was, you know, it was an exciting time. Uh, but nobody could do that. And, you know, I guess back then the idea behind Desolation Stockport was to try and get everyone to, you know, that would be the event that people would come to. And then obviously that evolved in time that um, the Articon would, would be that, not just for everybody in the UK, but from people from outside of the UK. So I feel for people, you know, like, I obviously experience this with the gym. There are lots of people who depend on on the gym that I run, uh, you know, for their their mental health, for a big part of their social lives. And SBG is that for a lot of other people as well. And you know, this could be that that big highlight moment. People work, they paint their armies for a year. They get to talk about it online. They discuss with groups of friends, you know, competitively what kind of armies are going to do best or whatever it might be you know there's a there's a whole load of hobby that goes into coming to an event like Articon it's not just the the three days and the various tournaments and and everything else that's happening there there's a there's a lot of other things that happen behind the scenes um you know in somebody's annual hobby life so I do feel for everybody uh, obviously it's gutting for me uh, but it's gutting for a lot of people I think and you, you touched on the sort of the the planning and how many months of planning uh, well, probably about a year or so of planning uh, that goes on between the uh, one Articon to the next I mean h- how far along were you along that process was it all basically sorted before you had to cancel kind of yeah so we it actually the negotiations start with the obviously the hotel is the, the the most important thing and making sure that we've got the right kind of deal with the hotel and you know every year we're able to gain some kind of leverage apart from apart from the second year um, but every year we're able to gain some kind of leverage to I guess further paint the vision to the hotel of what it is that ultimately we're trying to achieve you know there's you know, long, Articon is not uh, my job or the job of any of the fantastic, you know, people in the events team. It's something that we do as an extension of our hobby because, you know, we've, we, you know, we we have this vision um, of of what we want Articon to be, uh, and it's not there yet, and uh, it takes a whole lot of convincing. You know, I guess a big uh, a big chain hotel that's got the kind of space to be able to house that many people playing a game, taking up that kind of room. Um, you know, we have to, I guess, use the strength of what we've done the previous year in order to kind of try and take strides towards where we want to be year on year. So actually, the, the negotiations for every Articon kind of happens before the previous Articon is done. You kind of have to set things in motion then um, because, you know, it, you do need that year, but you also need to go into that event um I guess we've kind of some clear kind of aims and guidelines and things that you're, you're trying to show the hotel and you're trying to get from the hotel as well. Um, and then that culminates in, you know, we kind of have uh, a few days afterwards, a breakdown where obviously we, we're going back and forth to, I'm going back and forth in my little van 
trying to collect up every you know all the terrain and all the mats and clear clear the hotel down and then there tends to be a series of meetings that, that are pretty much monthly up until you're you're able to sign a contract and a, a big part of uh, I felt of, of what we wanted to do for Ardacon in 2020 um, was kind of really build on the convention side. We were really confident from the gaming perspective, of course, that we could, um, especially having sold. I mean, we sold out the what the 220 tickets that were made available. I mean, that was that was what was it? Was it less than 24 hours? Less than 40 yeah, hours? Yeah, it was pretty much instant, wasn't it? Yeah. It was absolutely insane and incredibly humbling, you know. So, uh, once again, I mean, if this is an opportunity to do that, then thanks everybody for you know such overwhelming support because it really, really does make a difference. Uh, you know, especially in terms of confidence and being able to go into those meetings with a strong hand. And we we we've been trying to kind of test the water a little bit with, um, I guess, other activities like just trying to bring in elements of a, of convention activities that that yeah they give something extra to the SBG crowd who are coming but ultimately you know the SBG crowd tend to be coming for the gaming side of it all the different tournaments and then the social side of meeting up with all these players from around the world um you know and and, and having that side of it um but where we do have capacity to expand um, and to have further strength, I suppose, with the hotel is is the convention side. And we've been working alongside the fabulous Galactic Knights, obviously the, those guys who do the costuming and, and other, other people to try and just start getting a bit of an idea of painting their vision of what it could be. You know, we're talking like Middle Earth Fest kind of style, um, you know, which was happening every year. Um, where there's basically just all these other things going on. And we wanted to involve the hotel more in that because, of course, then... Um, in terms of promoting that kind of event, um, it goes beyond, I guess, pr- promoting to the niche within the niche, which is our community. So, um, and also even right down to monitoring who's coming in and out of the hotel and how many staff are, are in control of that and who's able to book rooms and, um, you know, just, just lots of kind of logistical things. So that's really what we were working towards. And we tested the water with a few little things. We kind of, uh, last year, um, obviously, we had we had we had a few convention activities that were booked in by the Galactic Knights, um, just to try and show the hotel, um, as well as giving the SBG crowd obviously something extra if they wanted it. Um, but it was really it was as much to kind of show the hotel what what kind of things we were we were looking towards and some of the potential, and they made all the noises of being keen. So that that's where we were up to. In fact, we'd actually um, come to. Uh, an agreement on on how they would be involved we kind of had two kind of options um and one of them was really involving the hotel in the ticketing side i'm more than happy always to be honest with with everybody about how this works um but was involving them in in the ticketing side of the convention aspect uh, of things and and stalls and um basically all of the if you can imagine all the things that would be required to make Ardacon into a bigger kind of Middle Earth uh, convention that wasn't just limited to SBG. We'd obviously have a huge number of people who are there from the gaming perspective, but technically we have the whole t- whole hotel, so it'd be more making use of that whole hotel for other other activities. Um, and we kind of got to that point, and uh, not to not to ramble on too much, but um, by the time of uh, by the time that the contracts were actually sent out to us, so you're talking at the start of the year. Um, I wasn't happy because a lot of those things weren't included. And then we started having a few kind of um, back and forth really about that. And it's a good job that we did because when 
when it started looking like there were going to be doubts uh, for the year. So, you know, pre-lockdown, um, I did ask the question. Obviously, I was holding everybody off from booking rooms because I didn't want anybody to book anything um, until we'd signed the contract because, um, you know, obviously uh, you lose the kind of leverage as soon as people are doing that. And we've got deals that are tied in with the hotel. Um, but then, of course, we started getting the, a bit of an idea that, that COVID-19 was going to have a big impact on our lives. And I think they assumed that I'd already signed the uh, the, the thing. Because I asked about people booking rooms. I said, are people going to be able to get that money back? And they said, well, um, no, if this, um, you know, no, no unless gov- the government uh, at that time explicitly say at that time that the hotel has to be completely shut. And I was like, well, there's too much room. Like, for example, now the hotel has can have guests now. So if we had signed that contract and people had started booking rooms, people would have had to pay that money. So that's why we didn't uh, press ahead um, at the time. And then really up until the announcement, it was ongoing negotiations, even though we kind of knew, particularly as we were getting into um, kind of May, um, that really that would mean like late April, May, you kind of know that getting an international event going for August is going to be, you know, nearly impossible. <laughs> um you know, especially with all different countries having lots of different rules. Mm, yeah, um, exactly. Rules. Um, so we knew that that wasn't really gonna, going to be something which was viable, but we had to continue to use that time um, to try and uh, broker something, whether that was being able to run, um, you know, um, maybe a fundraising event for some kind of charity at the time, if a lockdown restriction enabled us to, you know, there was a possibility it could be the first kind of, I guess, socially distanced event in a hotel with reduced numbers for a UK crowd. We were going to try and do it completely free of charge, maybe try and raise some money for a charity with the raffle like we do every year, you know, an opportunity for everybody to blow off steam after what has been a difficult few months for everybody in different ways. Um, and also get the leverage to get what we wanted for next year. So that's what had been going on, and that's why the announcement for cancelling was was reasonably late. People anticipated it, but that's why it was late. And I mean, obviously, you put you're putting a lot of money into this yourself. I mean, it, it must cost an awful lot to book a hotel like that. I mean, we're talking big books. Eighty quid or so a ticket means something in the region of ten, fifteen thousand pounds worth of money. And I'm, I'm guessing you're not making a massive amount of money out of this because uh, you know it, it's such an expensive place to book. But uh, will will the cancellation and the the money lost and and how much money you might have invested into this uh, affect next year? Will will is I mean is it is are you out of pocket? I suppose that's what I kind of want to get at. No, not really for this year. Not not really um, because we hadn't signed that contract. But I would have been because I did ask. You know this this again. This was a this was a big red flag moment for me, and it's why we have to really be uh, careful when considering. You know our partners for next year and it's why you know, months go into these these contracts like you say there, there are big bucks that go into this you know to give you an example um, for the first year of Ardacon the quite embarrassing this is when they had uh, the, there was no strength from us you know there was no previous Ardacons to show what kind of revenue the hotel could generate um, but the quote was £21,000 now I don't have £21,000 just lying around so I'm sure you can imagine that that's the kind you know that's that's a stressful amount um you know, now we have done a lot of work to kind of um, create intricacies in in the contracts and how it works based on how many people are booking rooms and bar spends and all that kind of thing. And it does give us a degree of, of, of leverage uh, year on year. But yes, if I had signed that contract and the hotel was able to be open and then people 
um, requested refunds, I would have been in a lot of trouble personally. Because uh, again, this isn't something that is set up like a business, and, and maybe at some point it needs to be and should should be. But um, you know, because like you say, it's not something which is done with financial gain uh, in mind. You know, it's only really uh, you know, I guess the last couple of years have enabled us to guarantee the year after that, if you know what I mean. So you you kind of that's the kind of cash flow. Uh, jump that we've had from one year to the next over the past previous years it's enabled us to guarantee that we can take the risk to take the next event on if that makes sense mm, yeah so, so that's that's kind of where we are at the moment and, and you, you mentioned earlier that you you sort of announced the cancellation in late sort of late june uh, on the facebook page and and i know obviously facebook's a transient way of, of uh, announcing news in some ways but just in case people have missed that and um, what, what was the plan going forward in terms of tickets rolling over refunds potentially people might just be thinking oh actually you know i, I kind of need that 80 quid now uh, what's what's the deal yeah so you know again i did make it clear on the facebook the facebook group you're absolutely right it's not the, it's not the best way of communicating with everybody all the time i think you know long term and we had we did have obviously a uh, an articon an article a dedicated articon website at one point and then that kind of changed into being tawny and i would like long term for there to be an articon website i'd like people that um you know that had bought tickets previously or registered interest to be subscribed to your newsletter and i do monthly newsletters and you know, just basically lots of different kind of media channels. I'm going to need more help with that. Um, and we would have to be more like an organization, um, you know, in, in that sense um, to communicate that news. Uh, but like you say, uh, the people's biggest worry is about being, you know, are they going to lose out on that money? And um, like I hopefully made clear in the Facebook group, you know, most of the people in there are my friends or friends of friends. And, you know, I've sat and had drinks with those people. I'm not I'm not some kind of corporate entity that sat on top of some kind of pyramid pile. Um, absolutely. Um, completely. Everybody is entitled to entitled to a refund uh, if they want it. And but what I also said was that if you bought a ticket for Articon this year, um, you can keep hold of that ticket and you'll be able to use that for next year's Articom. Even if we have to find a different venue and that different venue means there'll be an increase in ticket price. Because, of course, finding a new venue means that we have to go through that whole process again that we've had over a number of years with the McCure of, I guess, building a relationship and therefore having the strength to negotiate better deals for hiring effectively the space. Because these spaces are not cheap. You know, big event spaces are expensive um you know particularly when there's uh, you know when there's a hotel and stuff involved but some of them are just big empty spaces and then there are further costs for you know tables and chairs and even some of them paying for for the places to be wired up um with electricity for the event you know these big event spaces so it's um it is difficult but if we did need to do that there's a chance that there'd have to be an in- increased ticket price so anybody who bought a ticket for this year they could hold on to that ticket and they'd be able to redeem it for the following year um, now, my advice, you know, some people have uh, requested refunds because, like you say, everyone's situation is different. You know, lots of people are going through really tough times at the moment. If people need that £80 back, then they need that £80 back and more than happy to do that for the time being. Um, you know, there will come a point where there'll be a cutoff for that and that will probably be when we announce the details for next year. We'll probably give it a period of time and then after that, they'll no longer be refundable. But the good thing about having an Articon ticket is that they are hard to come by obviously they go really really quickly 
if it was me, I'd keep hold of it because, you know, not, not necessarily because you're looking to scalp somebody and you think, well, I could probably make an extra tenner on this. You know, you probably could because it will get snapped up pretty quickly. But I just hold on to it to see what 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 was going to happen. And somebody else will probably buy it off of you. Um, so the people that have contacted me uh, about refunds, I guess this is a good opportunity to say that uh, all of that was happening during a, a particularly difficult personal time. So, we, you know, I, I won't go into it too much because I know that's not the purpose of the, of the podcast. But my father-in-law was diagnosed with terminal cancer at the start of lockdown. Um, we've obviously had, a, you know, lots of things going on with that. And we made the decision to move in with them and provide uh, end-of-life care and be here for the end. Uh, we only recently moved, uh, moved back out. Um, so I will be will be dealing with any of those refund requests. It is on the on the list uh, in the next week. If yeah. anybody's not received them so far, yeah, I was I was just going to say that um I've, I've part of the the thing of having a podcast like this is you kind of become a, almost a uh, a kind of voice in the community and people sometimes get in touch with you asking questions about this sort of thing because. For some reason, I don't know no why. Idea. Maybe because I did. About. Yeah, we, we, the, you, I can't relate to that. I know, story. I know, I can imagine. <laughs> but you know, you get questions from people asking things like, "Oh, do you know about Ardcon? I, you, I know you did podcasts on it last year. Um, I, I've asked for a refund and I haven't heard anything back. I mean, I've had like half a dozen or so people I know that have asked for refunds and and haven't had one. I mean, I, I guess that they're they're on the way in the next few days or weeks or or, or something. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of half a dozen email or half a dozen refunds that I've got left to do, but I'll definitely have a look at that. There wasn't a huge number of people who asked for them, um, but like I say, it's it's just been on the uh, on the back burner. Those people that have requested refunds will get a refund one hundred percent and have nothing to worry about. Absolutely nothing to worry about. But I know this is this is getting into the realms of calling it an Arda con rather than uh, a con, but and it's getting a bit uh, sort of uh, tinfoil hat type thing. But it's been pointed out that the cancellation happened only a couple of days after the automatic PayPal, PayPal refund period ran out. So I, I, should people really be worried? I mean, no. I, I do you know what? Honestly, I did not know that. And to be fair, like if I had known that, then I would probably press the hotel even more the weeks before because it's a pain in the bum having to do um, refunds manually <laughs> versus people just being able to get a refund via PayPal. That would be, that's much, much easier. So, no, I wasn't actually aware of that at all. Thank you for making me aware. No, no, that, well, that's fine. It's just someone just mentioned it and no, I thought, I, oh, that's intriguing. Yeah, no, I, I, honestly, I wasn't aware of that. When, um, I mean, Andrew when because obviously i have to speak to andrew andrew does all the web stuff for us when um i told him all that was happening he told me that we were past that date but i wasn't aware that you know we'd been that close to that date that's that's not something i've been aware of so there's no con going on here like i say everybody knows me everyone knows where i live everybody has opportunities to see me you know it it hurts that that would that that kind of thing would would be said in a community i'm guessing by people that that maybe don't know me um but yeah Everybody who's asked for a refund will get a refund and get one shortly. And if they are listening to this, they know the reason why it hasn't been a priority of mine uh, yeah, of over course. the last, the last look, few weeks. I think that that would be, I think that that would be a fair point to make to those people. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, everyone's had a really tricky few months, and I'm sure people uh, just a little bit of patience is a virtue after all. Um, and uh, you know, what what we're talking about, sort of the. 
this sort of stuff. Do you think that, that you know there's anything you change in the way you do things this this year? You know, looking back, I know you've, you've it's been probably the most difficult few months of 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 your life and, and many people's lives. But I mean, like in terms of doing like a blanket email rather than Facebook chats and things like, would you would you do something differently? Yeah, I think I mentioned that before. You know, we are not an organisation. This is done as a hobby. Um, you know, and it's something which has, you know, we do have, we, we do have a dream, I suppose, and a vision of making it something which is big. And it's, it's obviously a lot bigger than anything else that's, that's out there, but it isn't something that is a business. Um, you know, it, it clearly would benefit from having a certain kind of, uh, organization, um, structure to it. Um, but at the moment, you know, we rely on volunteers and, um, you know, we try and we try and sort those volunteers out as best we can, uh, like we did last year. But really, it's a it's a volunteered um, event. So yeah, in terms of in terms of improving things going forward, as I said, I would love to have that central Articon website again because that was that was great for sort of making news announcements and the like. And I would love to have like a newsletter. Um, like I, so there's a good example, you know, you've got the, the huge Nova Open convention, which obviously everyone's aware of. Devin runs the Lord of the Rings side of that, um, you know, and obviously that be- that became more like a, an organization. All these years later, I still, and I haven't unsubscribed from them, I still get their, their update um, newsletters. And like, now I would need somebody to, to do that. You know, we'd, we'd have to be putting in even more time into it. You know, for, for me, I feel like, the, the the priority for myself over over the last few years when it comes to Articon is just making sure that it can happen and be better than what it's been previously. Um, you know, and you're talking about those big kind of commitments and the big talks of going into the hotel and sorting out that side of it. But absolutely in terms of communication, there are lots of lots of lots of better ways. You know, we use social social media because it's quick and it's uh, it's easy. But not everybody is going to is, is going to pick up on that all the time, you know. Even when you make these things as as announcements or pin the posts or warn people that those things are, are going to come up. So, um, yeah, long term, uh, I think that Articon will massively benefit off, um, I guess, being structured more like an organisation and and treating, um, you know, being treated less like an extension of a hobby um, that's got a whole load of added pressure. Um, like doing something for a community that you love and you know people that you uh, think of as your as your friends and trying to do something as good as possible for those people and probably look at it a little bit more um, like a business in terms of what the time that you're that you're putting into it and the people that are involved doing various jobs in it and how you delegate that so Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I get the impression, James. No offense, that you're not like the most computer literate man. That perhaps you're not able to build a website and not able to uh, to do all that. But you're like an action man. You know, you get get things done. I guess is that right? Uh, I mean, that's a very nice way of putting it. Action man. I guess um, I'm not sure I'd ever desire to describe myself as an action man, but I do. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I have a history of of making things happen. You know, I'm, I can I can make things happen. I can do the things that are required to that to make those steps and i guess to to have the kahunas to to take to take the risk that that's required to you know i guess uh, play out a vision and a big vision not something which is modest but something which is which is uh, a big vision yeah um, and yeah i'm not i'm i'm definitely not i'm definitely not a website guy <laughs> everyone knows that i 
I pitched having a smartphone, you know, uh, uh, a few years ago because of, of the impact of, of social media on, on mental health and all that kind of thing. And, you know, um, I really, I really try and use social media these days uh, strictly for, for, for work and, um, and when I need to, I guess for, uh, for the hobby, Articon and the like, but yeah, um, well, I absolutely, I absolutely think that uh, the the Articon would benefit off having its own website again, sure, and, um, and having some of the features in place. And, and on sort of uh, you know looking forward to the future, you know that this year will go, and you know finally twenty uh, twenty might be done with, and we might have something brighter on the horizon twenty twenty one. I mean, fingers crossed. Uh, you know, vaccines and all this sort of stuff might be on the way. Who knows? I mean, I'm not one to predict the future, but you've sort of um, you've mentioned that you, already. You've touched on the the difficulties in maybe changing the venue and doing something different next year there's you talked about the rise in the sort of the price and doing something bigger and better and um and all that i mean uh, uh, can you tell me anything more uh, more detail about next year and um, can we be excited about something i know we god we need something to look forward to don't we <laughs> it'd be it'd be wonderful to have something to to look forward to i agree uh, it's difficult it's it's difficult because um you know i, I hopefully explained pretty honestly and, and in detail about you know i guess the difficulties of of um of what it takes to, to create a relationship with one of these venues and, and the kind of scale of costs and, and the like that are involved. And there's a huge amount of work that goes into trying to do that. And it's pressurized work because, again, it's big, big, risky numbers. Um, I think that we could do it. You know, I, I, I would love to see what kind of additional interest there would be from people who were unable to get a ticket for Articon 2020 because there were loads and the community is growing. You know, even though I'm not, you know, hot on it at the moment, you know, and in it playing games and chatting on the group and stuff all the time, you know, I still see it and you can see that there are new names coming up all the time. You know, I'm still an admin of the Great British Hobbit League group. I can see people requesting to join the group all the time and they're not just trying to sell, you know, knockoff Ray-Bans and, you know, it's, uh, it's everything, everything's growing and going in the right direction. Now, of course, if, if, if we're able to look at it and say, well, do you know what? We had 246 people. You know, everybody's holding on to that ticket for the following year. We've got this number of people uh, already. How many people would miss out? And let's say that that number is another 200. Then that gives a huge amount of confidence and leverage to be able to plan something like truly spectacular, like truly spectacular. And you're talking about one of these giant event spaces that would cost a fortune, like a lot more than... than than where we are with the Mercure. You know, well, I've already told you how much the Mercure costs, so um, it, it, it gives you a bit of an idea. But we do have the Mercure there. You know, they're keen on having that conversation with us. They know that, that they know how I feel about um, about this year. Um, and we'll continue to have conversations with them as well, but it's not, it's not as straightforward as that. It's, it is... Uh, it is it's difficult. So I guess I guess you're aiming to be somewhere else, but uh, hopefully there is still the backup of the Mercure because I mean that was such a great destination. I know any, anyone who's been, it's got the the huge uh, ornate chandeliers and things like that. There was something special about being in that room. But I suppose somewhere double the size it's, would be more special in some ways. But the thing is with the the, the Mercure as a, as a location for Articon has been absolutely perfect, and and by that I mean it's it's really hard to find in the UK huge hotel event space. Like, it's really difficult, um, you know, like, we don't really have the the hotels on the same kind of scale as, as what they do in, like, America, as an example, you know, um, that Hyatt Regency, that, you know, in, uh, in Arlington, Virginia, 
for the Nova. You know, we don't have loads of that type of place where people can come and have that all-in-one experience where, you know, it isn't just about walking into a gaming hall in the morning, you know, it, you know, where, where, and you somewhere to play your games, and then you go. It's the fact that you, 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 you feel the electricity of being on site, you know, that you're staying in the same place, everybody that you're bumping into people coming in and out of the hotel and you can see that they're SPGs, you recognizing people from online and, you know, then you go into the bar or when you get something to eat and it's that kind of like i say that all inclusive experience you know and i say all inclusive not from a hotel perspective but i mean from a, a gaming experience that's what you know i guess the mercure is the closest thing that we can get to to doing that or what i found so far uh, and i'm happy with um you know the international suite there has been has been brilliant and the hotel really knocked it out of the park last year in terms of their support you know we've had um, you know, our own difficulties on, on various levels with them at, at different points. Again, this is just me being very honest, as always, with, with everybody. Um, you know, and it's been real hard work to try and make sure that, that they are matching, I guess, the scale of, of our vision year on year. And last year, you know, they really nailed it. And that's why I was super excited for 2020 and the noises that were coming from them in terms of, you know, how much more they want. Because it, it wasn't just the noise. It was the fact that they'd actually followed through and done so many of the things that they promised last year that got me excited about 2020. Um, you know, and we want to see them follow up on follow up on that. And if they do, then the McCure for 2021, for Articon 2021, will be insane. You know, but we we... We need that. We need that partner. We need that long-term partner. Um, you know, if it is going to to um, to kind of match match the vision um, of what of what we're going to do with it. So there is a chance, of course, that we will be at a different venue next year. Um, like I say, I'm 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 I am putting aside time uh, to 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 look into that even more and to have those conversations. But it is it is difficult. And uh, and everybody will know as soon as uh, as soon as there's something to tell. So uh, James, thanks very much for joining me to talk about all this. And um, I just want to ask one one final thing. You know, just to give people that that extra boost of hope. Um, can we be confident that Ardacon will return in 2021 uh, as the biggest SBG tournament in the world? Yes, yes. As long as as long as there isn't some kind of mad like lockdown next year, which you know, if we have a repeat of what's happened this year. Um, you know, then obviously it's outside of our control. But but yes, it's being planned. It's it's in mind, and I think everybody should have that to look forward to. You know, so um, so yeah. You heard everybody it. First. Stay positive. Yes. Everybody, everybody stay safe. Of course. Stay safe. Stay positive. Do the things that you that you're told to do. When you're told to do them, where you're told to do them, and let's um, let's get through this thing. And uh, and then yeah, fingers crossed to see everybody next year. Um, you know, I'm I'm even hoping for for Desolation to stop for hopefully in in April. So hopefully see some people there. Well, we're crossing our fingers. I'm sure everyone is. Thanks very much for joining me, James. No problem at all. Great to speak to you, Harry. Look after yourself, pal. So there you go. Uh, you've heard it from the horse's mouth. Uh, he, he, James Clark promises that uh, Ardacon will return next year. <laughs> uh, hopefully there isn't going to be a pandemic again. Uh, hopefully we'll have uh, somehow things will be back to normal. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. And nobody realistically knows. Uh, there should be a, Hopefully there'll be some sort of vaccine and we can do events and we can you know do all that sort of stuff and shake hands over a tabletop once more without it feeling uh, weird or breaking any laws by doing it so 
Um, but you heard there, I mean, I, I hope that somewhat answers some of your questions. Um, I know there have been concerns and people have been concerned about whether it's refunds or whether it's, you know, uh, was it all chosen, uh, the timings, were they chosen in a bit of a dodgy manner? Uh, you know, uh, what happened with the Mercure? Why is there talk of going somewhere else? Uh, has 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 the money all been frittered away or, or whatever? But I think, um, you know, James has been pretty open there, I think. I mean, I don't know. He may have been lying through his teeth the whole time. I don't know. I, I I, I like to think not, um, but at least hopefully you can hear there that there's there's a relatively open um, uh, open answers to some questions that let's be honest a little tricky for someone to answer. So um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's not a normal entmoot by any stretch of the mark. Um, uh, I will return at some point with a more normal podcast with all of the usual uh, accoutrements, including uh, some more uh, interviews done with a selfie stick uh, and some more gaming talk and some more list building and the riddle in the dark. The answer will return uh, next time. Um, but if you uh, if you have any questions about this, um, if you have any questions generally, I'm, I'm always happy to field questions about this sort of thing. Um, I'm not an organiser of, uh, of, of the... Um, uh, of Articon, I'm va- I'm involved in the GBHL League committee, but you know I'm I'm I I'm not an organizer by any stretch, and I do have my own tournament that I organise, but but I'm not the, an Articon organizer. I'm certainly not involved in uh, any of the backroom stuff uh, in any way. But I thought that uh, this is something that people want to hear. I, I I wanted to hear some of the answers myself personally, um, and I thought if I was going to talk to James, then I might as well record it, and he was happy to do that. So hopefully, um, this vaguely vaguely. Uh, resolve some of those questions um, hopefully it doesn't pose more questions than it answer, asks uh, certainly in terms of next year I mean it's still very vague about what will happen next year but I think there's enough to be excited about um, the potential for a, a massive event uh, twice the size of Ardicon is a pretty exciting prospect and uh, judging on how quickly the tickets do sell out um, I think it's it, it could well be a goer uh, will it I don't know hopefully it's not uh, twice the price because I don't think I'm going to pay 160 quid but you know 100 quid 110 maybe I guess for, for a three day event which brings in people around the world I don't know uh, it, it'd probably have to be a bit something more substantial than uh, it, it usually it, it is currently but uh, maybe with bigger prizes that'd be nice but <laughs> I know the cost of putting something like that on is insane so anyway I, I'll stop rambling um, you've heard uh, James and I have a long chat so thank you very much for listening uh, to another episode of Entmood do tune in next time Boo-ra-rum. Boo-ra-rum.